before I've ever met. You know, this podcast might get removed because there's no uh, sexual content allowed on YouTube, and what? you're about as sexy as they get, so... I, don't I know. mean, yes, I, I am pure sexual chocolate. In case I, you know. <laughs> sexual chocolate. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Hey, for everybody listening, this is my. I was actually talking about you yesterday to somebody. Oh, that's what's up, uh, man. Yeah, I was, you know, I don't know if it's in good light or bad light, but it was along the lines of, uh, you know, I was smart enough to get into medical school and dumb enough to not go. And he was like, <laughs> hey, man, it's a good thing you didn't start because, you know, that's a lot of money. You got to pay it off. And I was like, well, let me tell you a story about my friend Aaron. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yes. So for everybody listening, whereas I got into med school and didn't go, Aaron went and did a year and then left. And Yes. You know, I think we might be getting the last laugh now because Cogito Brains is taking off. I it got is, the podcast it is. funded. And we're both kind of uh, – it's slowly working. So how stupid wait, are wait. we? Dude, you got the podcast funded? What? Yeah. Wait, no, yeah. You oh, yeah. tell me about this shit, bro. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not exactly broadcasting. Actually, that's a lie. I'm broadcasting it. I thought yeah, I did. It's on maybe a live, I, maybe it's I told, on a live podcast. I think I told you. It's, it's on a podcast. What, what are you talking about? You're not broadcasting. That's literally what you uh, do for a li- It's No, I think it was Warren. I think I reached out and told Warren. Ah, that, that, uh, uh, um, yeah. And, um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I found somebody to invest in the podcast. So they're basically going to cover – I mean, it's – it's nothing glorious, but it's going to be like covering like starting the summer. It's going to be like three years of basically just living expenses enough so that nice. I can just stay at home and make podcasts every day, as opposed. Oh, to, dude, that's awesome! Yeah, that's also that's all I wanted. I mean, in the long run, that's not all I want. I mean, I want to make more money than God and do cool shit like Tony Stark. <laughs> but like for right now, that I mean that that was like that was my first goal, and it happened. So. But the point nice. being is that with Kojo Brains, it's, you know, it's slowly kind of working. You can go back to our early episodes talking about, like, Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey, right? Yep. The Odyssey, or, yeah, right, the Iliad, and kind of, you know, that long... And then you get so close, and then it slips right away, and it's... Ah, and it's... Yeah. But... Uh, fucking frustrating, yo. You haven't, you haven't been on for a while, so for all the new listeners, Aaron, why don't you give them a, a rundown of of everything you're doing because i know you and old listeners know you but there was a spike in listeners like two months ago and it it, like it like doubled and then it's kind of stayed still since then so i don't know but for all of them aaron just just tell them what kojito is what you're doing and all that good shit yeah man so uh like tommy said i am aaron i was the guy who was dumb enough to get into med school and pay for that shit for one year (laughs) still regret that but no actually no because if i hadn't done it then i wouldn't be where i am now um so i dropped out of med school said you know what f that i want to make robots went back to school for engineering i'm still in school um and while i was in school i made robots that i can control with my brain i started showing that off people said yo you should do something with this and so i started kajo um so kajo specializes in neurofeedback technology which is a really fancy way of saying we make shit that you can control with your mind um it's kind of like I, I what I like to tell people is it's like Neuralink, except you don't have to get the implant. You just wear something and you get the mind control. So mind control yeah. with no dystopia. Mind control with no dystopia and no Big Brother reading your thoughts. Dude, you could. Well, I don't know if this is a good. You could be kind of like Google. You could be like, don't be evil. But you know that that didn't work for them. 
So I yeah, <laughs> they kind of they downsized. They got rid of the B and just kind of condensed it and called it a day. But yep, yeah. So I was actually just thinking about that um, yesterday when I was trying to explain it to this guy. Um, so for applications for that, what are we? What are we gonna see? What what is the what are the advantages over Neuralink? And obviously that's, you know, that's kind of a shitty question because it's like, well, one is behind is created by Elon Musk, the literal richest man in the world, who's <laughs> yeah. landing rockets upright and up and turning over the car industry. So that's you know, again, that's a shitty question. But I mean, just like face value, like Neuralink. I mean, what's the drawback? Is you got to get an implant in your mm-hmm. fucking brain. Yes. Like, that's not even the whole, I don't want a vaccine. I don't know. You know, that hasn't been around long enough versus, like, getting an implant in your brain. Like, that's a huge yes. drawback. So, for, like, what you're doing, what what are what are, what are are going to be the uses for it? Uh, so, yeah, we – well, first of all, let me say the benefit. The benefit is you get the mind control, but – you can take that shit off when you want to. Yeah. So there's, you don't have to go under anesthesia. You don't have to like get an implant in your brain, in um, your brain. and in your brain, <laughs> which I think in our previous, like one of our previous episodes, we talked about, well, what happens if you have that in your brain and somebody hacks it? Then yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, all your neurons are connected. So then somebody can access like, yeah, I don't know your brainstem. And yeah. next thing you know, you're, you're not, not breathing. breathing. Yep. Or you're hallucinating and seeing like people because you know how people are like yeah Yeah. paranoid schizophrenics. I mean that's a real delusional. They see things that aren't there, and it's all my heart goes out to them. I'm not I'm not shitting on it, but like that's a that's a legitimate thing. I mean, sorry, I'm I'm sorry if I'm already hijacking this, but that's like, I mean, that's some like CIA MK Ultra shit that they could have never dreamed of in their wildest dreams. I mean, think about Michael Hastings who allegedly was doing an article on like Petraeus like cheating on his wife or something, and then his Mm -hmm. car, you know, said it was hijacked and crashed. You know, you know the whole Michael Hastings story, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's like a self-driving or you know whatever a car that could have been hacked. I mean. And then just think about like how turbulent times are right now. Who's to say you don't hack someone and just, I don't know, go assassinate the political leader you don't like? Or maybe it's exactly. not even that grandiose. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're Microsoft and you're really tired of you know getting the floor with Apple wiping the floor with your face. So you hijack someone and you walk into an Apple store and shoot it up. I mean. I don't think that's that absurd. I mean, okay, wave to the NSA and the FBI. I'm sure I'm on another list now. But I mean, so that's that could be a real right. Am I just wave, smile, everybody? You know? Hi, FBI. But it's that, Aaron. As you know, you got to throw elbows in here because I interrupt like a motherfucker. It's, oh no, 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 no! But see, this is this is our relationship, man. Yes. We it, it is a natural dialogue, and personally, um, this probably makes me one of the worst executives for a company but like i just let people talk like we'll be in meetings and like we just had a meeting with a with a startup accelerator and like i just want to hear people talk i know what i want to say like i'm very like i what i'm trying to say is that i love listening so mm-hmm. go ahead man do you think like this is fun Gucci. it's right but that's a that's a real problem right we i mean we know that we know that's a problem like i mean We've been do- not even Michael Hastings. You don't even need, need to do that. You can just go back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, or back to the 40s with the OSS and then the CIA and going behind the Iron Curtain. I mean, shit we did mm-hmm. in South America, shit we still do. 
but most people know about Cold War is like, I mean, what we go into like we go into like foreign nations, like Soviet bloc nations. We set up like a pro-America radio station. They can't find the source of. We broadcast into homes. We say overthrow your leaders. I mean, <laughs> America's been doing it for decades. Where you know a shipping container of AK is just show up at the rebels' warehouse and like, man, <laughs> shit, you know, those are some pretty big guns. And I, whoa, what a coincidence! You guys just happen to live in the same country as Castro. I know you guys don't like Castro. Yeah. Anyways, see ya. <laughs> like, oh, you oh, you don't like Castro, but he, oops, did we just drop a whole bunch of guns and weapons at your front door? And I can't find them, so I'm not going to go looking for them. But um, yeah. hey guys, do what you will. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so what happens when now you can hijack someone directly into the brain? Exactly, and so. Um, when, because again, when I, I'm not Elon Musk, I'm not the richest dude in the world. And so when I've got my little idea I, and I have to tell people about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, think think about the Neuralink, except yeah. it's not in your head. Yeah. You can take it off whenever you want. Um, and to go back to the original question, like, what are the applications? We right now are really trying to assess mental health, um, health and wellness. So. You think about you think about ADHD. You think about um, people who have trouble relaxing. People who want to know more about their emotional state. We can create devices that respond to your brain, respond to your emotional state. They can teach you how to do these things. So if you have ADD or ADHD and you need to learn how to pay attention in class, like, well, guess what? Now we have a device that you can work with. You know, you can make. You can move the robot, make shit float, t- turn the lights on and off, change lights, colors. And then through working with that, um, the biggest value that our company has is that we can actually capture your brain data and send it back to you or send it to your uh, your healthcare provider, anybody. Jesus. Is there, so, could you do things for focus like, um, you know, those, uh, I think they're not called respirators. They're... Um, <laughs> I forget what they're called, but like I had it when I was in, like in the hospital, I had pneumonia like two years ago where it's like, you know, those things you, you blow into and you have to keep the, you know, you want to keep the notch yep. at, at whatever it's to build back up diaphragm muscles and stuff. I yep. mean, could there be something like that for, uh, like, like focus, like there already is, like, um, we made like it a digital ball and you keep it up there and you see it start to fall and you get back to it. And, yep. That's so um, we we have a prototype of that or some basically the technology exists. It is literally changing like four lines of code because what we did originally, um, because we've been pitching this for years and we changed our approach. You know, somebody said you should do software. And so we came, we designed a game and it's Pong, but you're focusing to move the paddle. And as the paddle is going to fall naturally, but as you focus, the paddle goes back up. So if you stay focused, the paddle will oh. stay high. So essentially, yes, we can do, I can create that in hardware. I can create that in software. It's really at this point, it's not accessing the brain data or can we do things with it? It's what do we want to do? Okay. Um, I, what I've been really interested in on the side and you saw, uh, hints of that earlier in one of our earlier episodes is i want to do like magnetic levitation and so 
like of course like with the video that i showed you and yeah go ahead and cut it into the episode i yeah. know you will because that, that's what you do yeah. um you're just cutting the magnet on and off so you're being you can like pull up the the metal washer or screwdriver or whatever but what i want to do is cut the magnet on and then suspend it and then have that have that level of suspense based off of like your your mind okay so you'd be it's literally like some jedi shit where yeah. you're like you're making shit float yeah jesus christ and have you put any more thought into that that meditation thing because i'm someone who I mean, since 2008, I have meditated every day. I meditated before this. It's what I do. And I normally only have like 20 or 30 minutes to do it. And it's, you know, with meditation, at least for what I do is like I sit there and at first I don't even really try because it's kind of like what Alan Watts said. Like, how do you how do you settle muddy water? You just don't touch mm -hmm. it. If you try to touch yep. it, you fuck like, it up more. Just yep. let it settle. I find meditating the first 10 to 15 minutes truly is it's almost a wait period. It's like waiting at a restaurant. You just have to sit there. And one mo the way I describe it is like, um, you know, when you're sitting around your living room and all of a sudden like the heater turn or whatever, it's winter or summer air conditioning or whatever, or the dryer turns off and you didn't even realize it was going because the, the noise was such like a, a low but all pervasive and like unskipping sound. And then all of a sudden it stops and you're like, Oh, I, I thought it was quiet earlier. Now it's quiet. That's what that's what the first fifteen minutes are like for me. I just sit there, and you're not like looking for silence because you're so used to just got to do this. I'm talking to Aaron later. After Aaron, I'm talking to Roger. I got to get off that. I got to upload the episodes. Got to put up a new merch thing tomorrow. I got to wake up early. FDL ten a.m. And it's just and it just never stops. And it's been. In high school, it was, I got to do this, I got to put a cast, and then I got to study for OCHEM. And it's just like, bum, 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 bum. And it's like, next thing you know, it's been 12 years. And it's like, the thing is still just, when I meditate, the first 15 minutes are just that. And it starts to, from like minute 10 to 15, it starts to like sputter. There will be like a couple seconds of like nothingness. And I'll be like, oh, what is this? What is this piece? And then it will, you know, I gotta get my laundry i gotta fold my laundry tomorrow i gotta wake up and go to the gym i really get and then it's you know it starts and then it but it, it sputters again maybe another minute or two and then it gets mm -hmm. quiet and after f maybe if once you hit 15 minutes i find the periods of silence start to equal in length and then become greater in length than the periods of noise and once you can get into there i mean it's not like a proportional payoff. Like a minute of that silence, I mean, dude, you'll feel good for the next twenty-four hours. It's like it's an insane, right? It's like it's like nuclear energy versus like fossil fuels. It's like the weight to energy isn't the density is not even comparable. And that and that can last for like I try to get like five minutes of that that good good. And then it starts to fade away. But so for that whole explanation, what Aaron and I talked about earlier, and Aaron's the genius and he's gonna put it together is what if there's something that like I do it with my eyes closed so it couldn't be light based but it would be like what if you like wore a headband and then it could be something like super non-intrusive maybe it's like a a coin you hold in your hand maybe it's a mat like I said I sit on a pillow maybe it's something but what it would do is it would calibrate whatever your whatever brain waves you're giving off in that moment of silence it'd be like when you like you know 
or a tear or uh, a, uh, a scale, you know, when you make it mm-hmm. zero, that would be like your baseline. And then every time it deviated from that, it would maybe just be like a, you know, like a, mm, you know, just something very, just enough that you're like, oh, and you kind of, you go back in. And then, because it's not, it's not that, it's not as simple as like, oh, when you're not focused, just focus. It's because it's a one man thing. You're not who watches the Watchmen, right? You you know, you, you have to, yeah. it's you controlling yourself. So you don't realize when you've fallen out of that silence until all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck am I thinking about? So that really long rant, and I'm shoving words down Aaron's throat, but is something that just kind of I like it, like Aaron, you slut is just something like. <laughs> Like the rumble strips on the side of a highway, where you know you, you, the truckers falling asleep and aren't uh, you get back right up straight. What if there's something like that for meditation? And that is oh what yeah, I want to do yeah. Oh man, so we have we've definitely explored haptic feedback. So the rumble, um, we've thought about encasing most of your senses. And so what we mean by that is if you get something like a hololens mm-hmm. where you have your ears covered, your eyes covered, and I think there are haptics within the HoloLens itself too. If we combined that technology with our technology, at that point you could, we could show you lights, we could show you tones, we can create vibrations. Um, so yeah, it does exist. Like the potential for what you're saying exists, and then some. It's just a matter of how do we want to build it out. Um, you need so, to, man. You need to, because, I mean, I think meditation is gaining, I guess, uh, momentum and kind of the mm-hmm. general consciousness. You see it more and more. I don't know if it's still a thing, but there's that app for a while called Headspace, which I never used, but I know a lot of people used it and said it was really helpful for meditation. Um, I mean, it definitely. I mean, I I, I put meditation at the absolute apex of priorities for me every day like even above sleep above exercise like all these little things i like to do to you know get prepped for the podcast the one thing that i truly find is like non-negotiable is meditation and i recommend it to everyone because it true i truly believe it's something that you know it's like a rise a rising tide raises all ships like it just yep i find meditation it's better for everything i do from like and i know this sounds like some shitty 2 a.m infomercial like fold your clothes faster lose weight be a better husband but truly meditate 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 meditate. call now for our 97 part payment of meditation x like meditation x yeah it's just some guy with 12 yeah 12 abs and he's got a 12 inch dick and he's like i used to not meditate and i looked like you now I'm fucking your wife because I meditate. And it's just like, that's what it's going to be billed as. But no, I don't get anything from this. So I, I always try to just tell people, I'm like, dude, it just, I credit that to me getting yeah. into medical school. I'm just, I, yeah. I just, it's how I operate in the world. And I think something that, because otherwise, I mean, meditation can be intimidating. People are always, oh, I don't know how to exactly. do it. And it's, there's and no that, And that's why, and that's why we, that's partially one of the reasons why like we started doing what we do is because people don't like they tell like you're told okay you need to pay attention you need to meditate and 
what we have found when deploying this technology to like, oh gosh, at this point, it's been thousands of people is everybody's different. Like, yeah, there are some general things that you can say to help people get into a certain headspace, but the things that make people feel, you know, in that relaxed, uh, I guess the word is meditative space, it varies from person to person. Like me, I close my eyes and I just hum and I'm like, mm. Mm. and that constant hum kind of slows everything in my mind down. Okay. Some people think about like the beach. Some people think about, uh, you know, walking in a garden. Like I, there's so many different things. And so with the, with the technology, we can, we can track, well, okay, what's working for you? How is it changing you? And what could you do to induce further changes? So that's where ultimately that the whole, the mindfulness, um, you know, mental awareness, mental health, mindfulness. I think that is when we pitch the technology, when we say, oh yeah, this is what you can do with it. People are like, oh shit, well, that's awesome. Like, you're like, I need help meditating. I'm like, okay, cool. Do you want to feel like a Jedi? Do you want to hear something? Do you want, uh, like, do you want something, you know, the little highway skid to mm-hmm. remind you? It's, um, other, I know on the flip side, when people are like, well, my kid, my kid can't pay attention in school. I'm like, okay, same thing. Do they want to move things? They want to cut on lights. Like what, what external feedback works best for them. And then with that, as they're using the technology, what if we ask them to say, okay, well, think of this, and then we watch their brain change as they think of it, we can say, oh, well, you know, Tommy, you really meditate when you think about, X. when you close your eyes and you yeah. think about blah. Yeah. Or not, and not just that. We can, in, in my wildest dreams, and anybody who wants to fully fund us or invest, like, yeah, how happy. But um, our big goal is to create a bit, is to create an SDK where you can have um, basically your brain data will go in, your brain information will go into a database that's matched to your profile. We can show you everything, how your brain responded for every session that you've used. And then we can say how, you know, if your average meditation level was 60 at week one, we could show you that by week 10, your average meditation level is at 75. Okay. So there's just so many things out there that we can do with the technology. And that's what's exciting about it. Like that's what, when we say like, Oh yeah, we could like, cause at first people are like, Oh, well, you know, you can make shit that you can move with your mind. That's cool. Yeah. But what can you do with it? Yeah. And it's like this. Yeah. Same thing with the computer. Like, at first it was like, oh yeah, you have the computer. I mean, that's cool, but what can you do with it? And now like, yeah, right. It's that's, that's how I described it to people originally when I showed you and the, the clip of Aaron, which is it's on the podcast. It's I'll find the link somewhere, but it's, it's Aaron sitting there and he's, he's got like a, right. You've got like an electromagnet um, and it's right. They like click together or they pick something up. It's, it's a magnet that you turn on and it picks, picks something yeah, up, but yeah. there's no, what he's doing is his, his eyes are closed and he's got a headband on. And when he focuses at the right, whatever wavelength, brave length, brain wavelength, it clicks on and the magnet clips, clicks up and then it drops on off. And when I show that to people, oh, actually, this, it, it doesn't drop. It drops when I drop my focus. Yeah. So yeah, it'll yeah. Stay on. yeah. 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 That's what I meant is it's, it's okay. on click off fall, but it's 
when I showed that to people, they're like, I mean, sure, it's nifty, but they're like, you know, what are you going to do with that? And I was like, you really have to understand the implications of this. Like, it's a simple, it's a it's a conscious thought followed by physical action. Like, that alone is, it's like if someone saw the Kitty Hawk flight, they'd be like, sure, that's nifty. But anyone with a brain will look at it and go, that's heavier than air flight. Like, sure, it's a baby step, but that... I'm sure someone back then was fucking smoking a joint and they foresaw a 747. They're like, it might be a century away, but they're like, that, that, that's what this is now. Like, that is, or the first time someone made, like, they sat on a log and it floated. Like, some people might have been like, that's neat. Someone else would have gone, let's tie a bunch of logs together, you know. Make a fucking boat, and, yeah. Yeah, a millennia later, we have cruise ships, but it's it's that initial, the door creaks open and then it's like well now the door we know that it can open so let's just rip it off the hinges and that's Mm -hmm. kind of like what i saw with you was like thinking click think or then not focusing off and it was like that that is you know that's 2001 a space odyssey that's the chimp picking up the bum bum like that's that's how i felt watching this i was like like you know like you are the monolith and but it seems so hey you know that's what some girls call me but like so i always you know obviously i jerk you off to you know how awesome i think what a meditation device would be but that's obviously my own wants and desires what are what are you guys doing like right now what's like the what's the thing going on right now with kajda like what are you doing that it's like like right now i have you and then after this i have my friend roger like that's my today that's what i'm doing now like what are you doing now with kajda i so it's part of a big it's part of a big plan because engineer i love the plan shit Mm -hmm. um right now we are just trying to get the technology out there get people familiar with it and entice like the more familiarity we have um the more ultimately we can grow as an organization and so we just um signed a contract with a children's museum and we're creating all of these pieces that like respond to the kids brain activity and like we're making you know we're making a little bit of a profit off of that to hopefully grow but the idea is people will go Oh shit, what's that? Who made that? Kajido? Well, what do you guys do? Well, actually, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's it's the and, and as we're doing this and as we're gaining our following, gaining our gaining familiarity, we're assessing the market for this technology. Um, we released a set of uh, mind control lights out to the market just to see how it would hand, how it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at this point we're in the stage of we're talking to we're talking to mentors. We're getting ready for a seed round of funding um, because, again, once we like, we're trying to do, it, it's like when Google will show you something cool, like some cool technology, and it has not. It has like yes, it's cool, but what it, the question is yes, this is cool, but what's the application? Mm-hmm. And then as we do the cool stuff to attract you in, and then with the applications, the the mental health, that's where. We're really hoping to make our bread and butter at yeah. this point. Yeah, right. That's like, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of an analogy. I mean, that's like, I don't know what, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, you show how it's possible. Then, yeah, how can, how is it applicable? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like showcasing like bleeding edge technology where it's mm-hmm. like, that's super cool. 
But, like, what exactly are you doing with it? You know, it's, like, the early 2000s, the, like, DARPA X challenges where it's, like, the self-driving cars. And it's, like, <laughs> you know, it's it's bleeding edge, but it's, like, you can, again, it's back to the, you know, the right flyer. It's the monkey picking up the, the tool. It's, oh, this is a huge shift in, like, how reality right. is going to be. Exactly. And what what I'm finding personally is that a lot of people are like okay i mean this is awesome kind of like those reddit comments it's like well okay yeah but then the few and when you're starting when you're starting an organization especially when you are operating in that bleeding edge section of technology you're not trying to appeal to or you know you're not going to appeal to the masses right away you're just showing all the crazy things you can and trying to get the few because like we have we have a, a a guy in DC who saw us 2 years ago and this dude like is started a bunch of companies has done federal contracts he's like look i believe in you guys i will help you get federal contracts i will be happy to serve on an advisory board i'll help you raise money like i believe in you and that's what we're looking for right now is like who's going to believe in us who's who's looking at us and seeing the monolith so for for, sorry for so for people looking at you and and seeing the monolith what is like like for me like the way i i mean i I literally put out a video like episode 150 or something where i was like somebody please give me money and like i laid out how much i thought i needed and it was because it stemmed from like that day i was like I think I like I crushed my finger like three times at the liquor store in a freezer stacking boxes of natty ice and I was like what the fuck am I doing with my goddamn life like I could be yeah. out of residency by now I could be yeah. big dick doctor and instead I'm like yeah I'll go right back and get you your blue ribbon and I'm just like I'm IDing kids a decade younger than me and I'm like what am I doing and that's what led to it it wasn't love it wasn't a dream it was just self-hatred and disillusionment <laughs> And now it's worked. Now I just do this all the time. This is all I do now is podcasts. But the point is, is like, you know, I put together, I was like, this is how much I think I need. It was at least, and you know, I wasn't exactly accurate, but it was regardless, it was like the intent of like, I was like, I think this is what I need. And I showed what I could do. And the analogy I used in the video was I was like, like in college, like I worked at a bar and like was spending a lot of time just trying to make as much money as I could. I was exhausted and it was like hard to study all the time. I decided to take out a loan and then I studied all the time instead of having a job. And that's when I got 4.0s and I like whipped out my med school acceptances. I was like, so I could go from like kind of passing to like magna cum laude, acing the MCAT. And that's what I, I pitched as a podcast. I was like, I can go from this while spending 40 hours a week at a liquor store. Or like, what if I could just do this full time? And even now it's the podcast is growing. So for someone like you or Kojido, Kojido is like how much, granted, yeah, you I mean, who wouldn't want a billion dollars? But like, what is like the actual, I don't know if, can you disclose that? Like what is, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, of course, what, yeah. Well, how much would you uh, need? What is the, yeah. Well, it, so it all depends on the level that we want to operate. Um, what I tell people is I like to say, if we're going to operate as a tech company, I assume that we're going to be up there with the other tech startups that are way out in the valley. And in that case, for 
for a heavy seed round slash series A round of funding, like that first, like the point where you're like, okay, this is for real. We're doing this full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, you're talking 500 K to 2.5 mil. But I mean, but, it's, I mean, yeah, but that's what you, sorry. Tech. Yeah. And it's, it, well, and when I say that it, it's, because what happens is if you don't, um, oh shit, he's gone. No, I t- turn off the fan. Aaron, you're about to get booted off this podcast. I swear to God. Oh, yeah. But so, but that's, uh, but that's the, yeah. but that's the right. Cause so that's just the, you know, it's like pull the bandaid off quick. It's like that, that's how much it has to be right. 0.5. Well, to 2.5. It, it, and so what happens is when, especially with tech, if you say you are a tech company and you say I'm raising funds, you have to talk on that scale. If you talk anything lower, people won't think you're, people won't take you seriously. Yeah. You can't sit here. And that was an initial mistake that we made. It's like we were talking to some people and they were going like they just wanted to hear us out. They had some experience. They were like, well, how much are you trying to raise? And we're like, oh, and, you know, I'm trying to be all humble and shit. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, about thirty five thousand. They're like, the uh, fuck? no, they were like, look, you need to go big or go home. Like, it's not personally. I mean, I'm not always a fan of that mentality. I think I, I do believe in the slow build, but that's not the way the money flows. Yeah. Like yeah. people don't. And one thing that I'm learning, especially as a founder, is that you kind of have to tell people what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear. Yeah, I want to build a long, sustainable growth. Like, yes, they say they want to hear that, but they don't. No, Everybody no. wants to hear. I'm going to make a lot of fucking I want to make a lot of fucking money. I want to be the biggest goddamn tech company yeah. in the world. Yeah. I want to, I want to have so much money that I can tell Elon to go fuck off and yeah. he'd be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's, you have, that's what you have to do. And it's for yeah. tech at least. I mean, I mean, it's obviously, it's not the same for this. I was like, I need money for an apartment, but like, yeah, I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't come in low balling because then it kind of makes it, you can't come in looking like, you know, you're just dipping a toe in there. You got to be like, I'm about to fucking run face first into the breach. Like, yes. I'm about to run it, over the trenches. They're blowing the whistle. It's 1914. It's at the Battle of Verdun. I'm about to go slaughter some motherfuckers. I'm not going yes, inch it, by inch. It, yeah. Exactly. And so it, it's kind of the, the analogy that I like that I'm drawing in my mind is when, you know, back when I was in school the first time and I was, like I was trying to talk to girls. Like at first I tried the whole nice guy approach. Like I was like, Oh yeah, a lot of guys are assholes. And then it just never worked out. And I realized like, no, you have to be like, now granted, don't do asshole things. Like, you know, be a good person. So do what you say you're going to do, but you got to step to, yeah, you got to step to the girl and be like, yeah, I'm the dude you're going out with. What's up? You got to be confident. Yeah. You're right. Yes. You got to. Yeah. And the same thing, and that actually, that's kind of how I met my wife. I was like, the next girl I meet, I'm just going to go, like, I'm going into the breach. Like, I'm just going to be like, look, I like you. That's what's Let's up. go. No knock warrant. Like, I'm not ringing the doorbell. Me and the SWAT no, team are coming through the windows. No, bust down, bust down the motherfucking door. And, <laughs> You're my uh, wife. What's up? And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're married now. So Fucking that worked right. out. Fucking right. Uh, so when, you know, when it, at first... At first, like because I'm a I'm a regular person. I I grew up middle class. Like sure. lots of you know, a lot of money to me is like you know twenty thousand dollars sounds like a lot of money to me. Yeah. But when you are when you are dealing in the tech space, when you're dealing in that world, you 
kind of have to play the game. And to them, like there are people, you know, and, you know, I have a classmate who's like, oh yeah, you know, I've got about two million invested in blah blah blah. And I'm like, two million? What the fuck? Like, fuck. But that's the that's the reality of it. And so I'm saying all this to say from a fun and it especially with us, it all adds up quickly. And one thing that I think uh, the way that I priced us is, again, I'm doing Silicon Valley numbers, but I am on the East Coast. And I, matter of fact, I'm in South Carolina. So what that allows me to do is if, if slash when we raise that kind of money, I can get a lot more bang for my buck. Mm-hmm. Typical engineer on the West Coast is easily 120000 130000 per person. Jesus. That's like a... But if I... If I raise money for five engineers at a West Coast price and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, we're offering 120 in South Carolina, that's going to attract a lot of fucking talent because you know what you can get for 120? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And plus it's all, yeah, it's all hungry, younger people like us that we're trying to do. So with with Cogito, now what would, again, I'm just, I'm drawing on my own experience, like what what would you use the money for? Like I, like I argued, like I need to like not spend nine hours, five days a week at a liquor store so that I can spend, cause it's not just sure. I have on, you know, I have on friends I have on you, we shoot the shit, but there are also a lot of authors I have on that. Like, I mean, I listen to their book two or three times and if it's a 15 hour audio book, like, and that's 45 hours. And, you know, I like to, and the reason I do that is because I like to do it well and I like for them to enjoy it and see that I actually understand their book and put the time into it. And that's how I can get them to sort of recommend other authors. Like, it's a full time effort, right? Sp- speaking of which, on Wednesday, I'm having on a guy that wrote, uh, Ben Westoff wrote Original Gangsters, learning all nice. about Easy E, Dr. Dre. Dude, oh, fuck. Dude, yeah. they are so badass. They really yes, were. It wasn't just a show. Know? It wasn't oh, just a show. Know? Aaron, look at my dude, skin color. Yes. I didn't know, all right? Oh, you <laughs> dude, fucking like, dude, do man, you know, white people don't know shit. No, man. we don't. Did you know that Ice Cube got his nickname from his older brother? Cause, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, fuck. Okay, I guess I don't know. Yeah. Did you know that George Bush, George H.W. Bush, Herbert Walker Bush, and Laura Bush lived in Compton? No, I didn't know that. Compton was the biggest place for soldiers. That area was like a holding area before they'd send them off to the South Pacific to go fight the Japs in World War II. Oh, yeah. And they'd all come back, right? They'd get the GI Bill. And then a lot of, obviously, uh, um, Southern California, you do uh, California have a ton of defense contractors. We tend to think hippie, sunny, and it's like, no, man, that's that's Eisenhower's military industrial complex is alive and well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. San San Diego? That's a military city. Fuck, yeah. yeah. So they all came back and... George H.W. Bush and Laura Bush lived in Compton for two years. <laughs> See, I knew, I knew it was something I liked about that. Yeah, yeah, but like, so it was, yeah, and like, uh, I guess Easy E got like uh, somehow, ex- some like back before emails, so somehow someone got his mailing address and they, uh, he got invited to like a, a Republican like inner circle. Like, it was like all these billionaires and Easy E got invited. So Easy was just like, fuck it, I'm going to go. And he just went and everyone's like, who is this? And it's like, this is the fuck the police guy. But like, they didn't want to kick him out because he was like the only black guy. So it looked right. <laughs> it's just Easy E up there with like Ross Perot and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they're all sitting there. It's just a bunch of old white curmudgeons. <laughs> you know, it's, but and then it's just fucking easy. But point is, is like that. That's a 15 hour audio book. I'm going to listen to it. I'm almost through it. I'm going to listen to it another time before Wednesday. So like that whole, like, but that's, you know, so I can extract facts like that and then tell it to you. Like, Hey, did you know George Bush lived in Compton? Like, 
but so like that is like kind of how I pitched someone investing. I'm like, that's how I can pull out these cool things is, I mean, as you know, with, you know, pre-med or med is like, you know, oftentimes you have to study, you know, a thousand units of material and the test might only be on five units, but you got to know them all. So I just needed just, just brute force. I just needed time and I couldn't be doing that when I was spending all the time there. And that's kind of how I pitched it. And I was like, again, if someone does fund this, I'll be getting bigger and bigger guests. And sure enough, I have since then. How would, to say all of that, in conclusion, George H.W. Bush <laughs> living, in, living in Compton, how does that, how does, so taking Compton, H, George H.W. Bush in Compton, and I'm pulling that around to Cogito, what would you do with, you know, obviously you don't need to give an exact expense report, but like, like what would funding do? Aside from just, we need money, like, what would it, what would, like, the person who funded this saw immediate returns, like, up to, to like, 35 podcasts a, a month, like, better quality, better quality camera, microphone, backdrop, all this shit. Like, what would, what like, what would Cogito do? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just interested. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. These are questions that um, any founder who's trying to raise money needs to be able to answer. CEO um, first thing. Yeah, it's true. Uh, first and foremost, we would, we would actually hire um, a small team, um, do two engineers, two, three engineers. Um, the biggest goal, like I mentioned earlier, is to develop, to fully develop the SDK. Can you, the, can you ex- explain that? Sorry, I meant to ask you earlier, SDK? Uh, software development kit. Okay. Um, so basically, um, or maybe the correct term would be an API. The point is we want the software platform that would extract, that would take your brain data, upload it to a database, and then keep it stored to a profile. So with that, there are lots, there's a lot of coding involved in that. And yes, we have we have the theoretical knowledge to do it. And as founders, as technical founders, we are capable of doing it ourselves, but you have to start outsourcing immediately yeah. because then that frees us up to yeah. focus on getting the product into uh, clinical trials, clinical studies, all that. Mm-hmm. So the money would go towards building a team to build the software platform, also improving the hardware platform too, but that's relatively known. Mm-hmm. Um, and mainly getting that clinical uh, validation. Yes, this shit does work in a clinical setting. Mm-hmm. You find a couple of doctors, therapists who say that, it's off to the front. Mm-hmm. Race. Yeah. Races with that. Um, on top of that, like personally, I would like to do a, a better, so more things for hardware development. So um, I personally, I believe that a company should, a truly, truly good companies invest in their R&D, plus it's fun. So I, I mean, things just a, more R&D so we can explore other applications of the technology. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I really want to do a HoloLens setup. Mm-hmm. So integrating the mind tech with the HoloLens, because then at that point, um, you can start talking to federal agencies saying, oh, you don't want to touch that nuclear bomb. Well, or you don't want to touch that. You don't want to touch that switch because there's radioactive waste. Well, why don't you look at it and think about it? We can track your eyes. We can track your mind. You can think about it. Can, can you can you explain what the HoloLens is? Like, in my mind, I just instantly assumed earlier when you said it that it was like a HUD, like a heads-up display. Is that what it is or no? So a HoloLens is augmented reality okay. where 
unlike so with virtual reality you're completely right. mm-hmm. like when you put you're completely immersed but like with Google Hololens, glasses. yeah oh yeah so the hololens is google glass part two okay. it's the improved google glass that we're actually ready for because google yeah. glass part one was like it was, it was bleeding edge it was too far ahead too far ahead but at the time i saw it because i was actually in med school and oh yeah that's what you yeah that's what you saw right yeah and I remember being like, holy shit, you could do so much with this. You could overlay a patient's diagnostic. Mm-hmm. You could overlay a patient's data while you're operating. Mm-hmm. You could, um, my school made us be EMTs. And so it's like, well, you could, you could overlay patient information or like you could record patients while they're being transported and then pass that data along. Mm-hmm. And so I had it. And then my dumbass med school was like, oh, well, you need to give it back. We, we don't know what to do with this. At first, I was told, yeah, yeah, we don't know what to do with this, figure it out, have fun. And so I had it, I was working with it, and then all of a sudden, the, the, it became, well, you need to give it back. Yeah. Because like, oh. so, I was like, I was, oh, God? I was going to say, well, so in a way, it's, it's almost, it's not bleeding edge, because if the effect it has is it got you to, it had such an effect on you that you said, fuck this, dropped out of med school and started your own company. In a sense, it's not bleeding, right? It, or it's not worthless. In a sense, like if that has the value is, but that's more of some idyllic, like it, you know, it, whatever. Never, actually, you know, fuck that whole side. Go back to what you're saying, Hololens. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've been interested in augmented reality since Google Glass came out, okay. and then with the Hololens, it's improved. Um, it's fully, from what I read, it's like you've got your, you've got earpieces, you've got your eyes. Um, it's got wireless links, Bluetooth links, like there's so many things you can do with it. And so even from a therapeutic standpoint, imagine having someone put, put over it, put on this thing, it overlays whatever we want. You could do like the Tony Stark holograms if you really wanted to, Mm -hmm. but imagine that as like a therapeutic device, like say you, you can literally change the world that you see just based off of how you think mm-hmm. you can interact with the world based off of how you think I could, I could have, you know, a smart light switch. I'm looking at my light switch mm-hmm. and I could have a hollow lens and I can track your eye location, see that you're looking at the switch and then let you cut on the, cut the switch on and off just by looking at it and thinking about cutting it on and off. Okay. Okay. So, okay. With, so I'm getting, I'm getting way too distracted. So, oh no no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I know I, I just took you on two derailments of STK and uh, and the no Hololens, worries, but so back to what you're saying, uh, STK Hololens and other shit you would do with it. Yeah. So first and foremost, there is the building the infrastructure to support the main idea. Um, again, the software and then the clinical validation. We have some studies, or we've seen some studies, but we want to do our own. Mm-hmm. And we want to do it with like a major hospital network in the area. Um, because we, again, it's to, if we say, hey, this technology can help you with, you know, ADD, people are like, okay, cool. But if we say, hey, this technology can help you with ADD, here's a study that we ran, mm-hmm. and it shows that it helps you. At that point, it's like, oh, okay, well, here's the money. Goes from infomercial to right to actual kind of pitch, right? Or, and here's a here's a double. Let me rephrase double that blind, because, but, yeah, double blind study that all we did was just supply the tech and say, hey, see if this works. Yeah, that gold standard, right? Get a male yes. clinic to do it or some shit. Exactly, and then um, from there, I mean, we can 
If you want me to be honest, and I've had a lot of interesting talks about this with my friends, um, we have always thought like, yeah, we could expand out into like entertainment, you know, make game systems where your brain is essentially another control input. And then one thing we thought with that is, well, if we really wanted to make a whole bunch of fucking money, we could do what Google does, what Facebook does. And, so you know, you play. The, yep, exactly. You play a game, you watch an ad, you leave the headset on, you gather the data and you say, oh, well, this ad made 90 percent of users this, feel this is where the eye track. They all look at this part of the ad. So do more of yeah. that. And yeah, then you start that. Then you start going down the dark hole of of being evil. You're a step above like implant again. You're selling brain data, but I mean, it's in the you put it in the ULA. Like that's yeah. what my friend. Because again, I had the same thing. I was like, um, I was like, yo, that's data mining. Like I don't know how people would feel about it. But then my lawyer friend was like, well, if it's in the EULA, they agreed to it. What's what's that? Uh, the end user license agreement. So you know that shit that you click. I, I click, agree to. I click your, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I get you. It's. I mean, it's the same thing. People, I don't want them selling my data. I'm like, in my personal opinion, it's obviously not objective. Is when I see shit like that, I I just say, yeah, because I'm getting a free product. Okay, like if I'm getting, you know, whatever yeah. Zoom or I'm playing video game X or whatever, and it's a fucking like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. I, I mean, I'm not going to buy anything, but go ahead. I understand what it is. Yeah. Um. So that's something that if we, that is like our ace in the hole as far as like if we were. If we were trying to pitch to a big time investor and they were like, "How are you going to make us a lot of fucking money?" I'd be like, "This." Yeah, yeah. It did mine user data of yeah of mental process, right? Because that I mean, shit. That's where you'd get some. Let's go full. Let's go full. Just ruthless co- corporation. That's how you'd get some fucking targeted ads. I mean, your return on investment per penny of targeted ads. If you're literally reading someone's mind. And you're like, yo, they're attracted to this type of girl. This is their favorite color. This is their favorite background setting. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting the girl of your dreams at the location of your dreams telling you to buy the new Ford. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like, well, shit. You know, I know I live in Manhattan, but fuck it. I'm going to get the Ford F whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like the Jesus cab. Edition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Je- I don't even. What is that? Jesus cab? it's a it, it's a joke but you know how trucks are like yes the texas edition xxx sale oh jesus yeah cab. yeah, yeah. <laughs> jesus gab it's but i mean maybe that's i mean maybe right because i mean right because i guess i don't know you'd have to you'd have to compete right because like the first ones to sort of get all like you know mine user data it was pretty simple but now it's as it gets like hyper hyper uh specialized right now you have instagram twitter Gab, Parler, BitChute, Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Snapchat, uh, you know, TikTok, yeah. TikTok, yeah. And it goes on and on and on. It You have to get hyper-specialized, and maybe that is your ace in the hole. Is you're like, yo, here's, this isn't clicks. This is actual, this is actual, you know. Here's what their brain, here was what, my voice cracked, wow. Yeah. Here's what their brain was doing while your ad was playing. Yeah, right, and it's, so it's, because, right, I know they do, like, eye-tracking stuff with, I mean, the, corporations will do that in-house when they're trying to, you know, bring in test subjects, What you know, it's just some bullshit you sign up for, you get 20 bucks to do it. 
and they because they just want to do like their own double blind of like they take in me off the street they're taking you off the street and you know it's you, you sit down you just watch an ad and it has cameras behind the screen it just it's what for whatever it is maybe it's french fries or a sneaker or whatever but they do want to see where your eyes go how does your face react like right uh micro expressions where they slow it down to like a thousand frames per second and they see your like mini emotions and that's how they okay they're like okay you know because if they're paying 10 million dollars for a super bowl ad they want to make sure the most and you know it's all about fractions of a percent of where your eyes go but it's that volume of 10 million people watching they want the most return on that and that's something mm-hmm. they do in-house but even that as anyone knows with any sample size the larger the sample size the greater the accuracy so if they're bringing in 10 people and they maybe 100 people and they get X percentages, those are good and all. But when it comes down to volume, you want it to go out to 10 decimal places. So what you could do is, hey, I know you did that 100 in-person study where they all put on the headset and looked at the ad and you know all their eyes went to here. Here's the data on 250,000 people yesterday. And it's, yep. right, you could get hyper-specified. But do you then become evil are you well it, and so and it's sorry and it's very easy for me to cast stones because this isn't my company i don't have to do oh, it no, so no, it's no, very no. easy for me a, to sit here and be like harumph 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 i don't give a no, shit no, no. This i want is, you to these, be are conver- these are conversations that like from a leadership standpoint especially with me because ultimately it does stop with me and mm-hmm. even though lots of people work for elon if if a SpaceX rocket blows the, up today, everybody's gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah, everybody's gonna be like, Elon must fail." It, blah blah blah. So right. yeah, it's you like have what, to, uh, yeah. Sorry, it's what Eisenhower said to JFK, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. only the tough, only the tough problems get to you, right? Get and and so from up. a from an ethics standpoint, again, and that's something that we, and that's something that I've debated internally, personally. Like I, again, I would talk to my personal friends, like people in my inner circle, about it, and. The consensus that I got is, well, A of all, if you put it in the agreement, like, it's not, like, if you, if you, it's it's not illegal, it's not wrong if you say, hey, we can do, we're going to do this, do you agree? And they click agree. Yeah. And nobody, nobody's, yeah, sorry, nobody's stupid. It's, it, nobody's, if anyone that actually gets upset about, like, they sold my, it's like, dude, you're pearl clutching. Come on. It's, everyone knows that it's just come, that comes with the territory. You get the software, you download the thing, you, yes, 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 I agree, I agree, I, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, sorry, but go on. And then, two, the, one of my really close friends who's a lawyer, he presented it to me like this. He's like, well, you're asking these questions. You're not just saying, yes, let's make a fuck ton of money. So would you rather somebody like you do this or somebody who's not even going to ask the question? They're just going to say yes, like mm. and not even consider the ethics. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Okay, I see where you're coming from. It's that because it yeah. yeah. If I like kind of on my my high my moral white horse, whatever my high horse. Sorry, um, Aaron. Why do you gotta bring race into it? I mean, what yeah. the fuck, man? Just leave it out of this. We're trying- Black horses matter too, dog. <laughs> Black horses. Is I, I remember what was that line you said to me? I think we were texting, and it was like. It was like right after like uh, George Floyd was murdered, and it was like uh, you were like, "I hope there's an asteroid," and I was like, "That's like an odd thing. That's an odd response for anyone to say, but let alone Aaron, a black guy." Right after George Floyd, we were texting. He was like, "I hope an asteroid hits us," and I was like, "Why?" And he said, "It's an equal opportunity killer." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but so yeah, sorry on your moral high horse. 
like you know okay like i i'm a, I'm a relatively like i would consider myself a nice dude i'm gonna ask the questions i'm gonna take the data or i'm gonna have access to the data and, and at some point i'm gonna be like you know what yes we can do this but no you can't do this like i'm gonna try to be ethical about it and maybe maybe somebody else will but you can't assume a lot of people are greedy and just want money they just be like yeah fuck it sell their entire brain data like yeah yeah, I'm at least going to think about it. So maybe it is better that I do it and get to it first before. And that and that is a very real. I mean, and that is a philosophy that's been used before, and I would argue effectively and for the better. I mean, it's what Truman said when he was meeting with the, I think the the Beard Lot Project, it, the the committee that eventually led to the creation of the hydrogen bomb, and you had Oppenheimer and. I think like John von Neumann and they were saying, don't do it. This thing is going to be a thousand times stronger than Hiroshima. You're not even going to be able to test it on the U.S. You're going to have to test it in the fucking ocean because this thing is a true apocalypse <laughs> weapon. Weapon. <laughs> and what it came down to, though, was is Truman was like, and Truman being the guy that, you know, dropped me like Oppenheimer was like, I have blood on my hands. And Truman, I think he said something along the lines of like, never let that. I don't think as informal, but said like, never let that pussy in my office again. Because he was like, I have blood on my hands. I'm the one that authorized it. But what Truman then said was, can the Soviets do it? And they said, like, within six years, yes. So he said, well, then get to it. Because the, the, the logic was, this is a horrible weapon. And a hydrogen bomb's never been used in warfare. So this is a horrible weapon. I'd rather we have it and be able to dictate a like new balance of power or as uh cia agent mike baker said on joe rogan he was like the u.s is like pretty fucked up but he was like i can tell you from like 20 years in the agency i'd rather have us at the helm and being the least fucked up kind of world power than as opposed to china or russia so that that is a and i know that a lot of people are like you're just justifying it you're maybe i am i don't know but you're right i mean look if you right if you if you get up to that point and you're like, we have all this hyper specialized, accurate brain data that's going to be sold to advertisers. I mean, you sure you can say, we're not going to do that. That's not going to stop it from happening. Yeah. Someone else is going to make it and go, here it is. Fuck off. I don't care. Sell it. You know, I'll pay the exactly. fine. I'll go take my $100 billion and laugh to the bank, right? It's <laughs> So maybe that's it. You, you know, kind of control the situation. Like, to you know, take the lead. Take it by the by the reins and be like, all right, let's be the first to do it and let's try to set a good precedent. Beat yes. be Elon to it because we can get our, like, I guarantee you, if we, given a level playing field, of course, we could get our tech faster or out there faster than Neuralink could because no implant. You mm -hmm. just wear it. So better you want me to you better me than Elon because Elon like doesn't care. Yeah, Elon's a I and I'm an Elon fanboy as I know you are. Yeah, but and I think Tim Dillon always says that he's like he's like I'm all for Elon, but he's like let's not forget he's trying to put chips in your brain. He's like anybody else does that, we say evil dictator tyrant. <laughs> like you know, I don't know like. I don't know. Is Elon just the Trojan horse? Is it the funny meme guy who does rockets and he's real life Tony Stark? And it's like, uh, you still want to put a chip in my skull. Yeah, like that. It is so, yeah, I, it, you know, honestly, that's something that we, 
when we get into the situation of talking to investors and I, that's like my Hiroshima. That's my, that's my A-bomb. I don't want to have to pull it out, Yeah. but to get the job done, I will. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Right. And honestly, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a situation or if there is an out, if there is a way that this can play out without having to pull out that card and yeah. saying, okay, this is what we can really do. Yeah. This. Yeah, Cause that's, I mean, that's right. I mean, that's, that's kind of the that's kind of the invisible hand of the market though right it almost it almost mm-hmm. selects for that that ruthlessness because you know it's like we all would like to say you know we shouldn't give animals hormones and steroids and shit but the reality is is poultry companies like the super bowl ads i mean they measure in hundreds of millions of chickens a week so if all of a sudden giving your chicken whatever hormone x or steroid y leads to each chicken providing an extra two grams of meat 500 million grams a week you know yeah fucking however many billions a year and the profit margin comes down to pennies all of a sudden that's the difference between being you know in a fortune 500 and being like a fucking nobody company and it's so it's like it look like that's kind of there's no wiggle room to be to be moral right it's it's like we can all we can all sit here and, you know, rah, rah, you know, sweatshops are bad and hoodies shouldn't be made there and my Nike shouldn't be. But it's very easy when everything's OK and you have food at home and you got a nice car in the driveway. It's very easy to make those arguments when you're a fledgling company and it's you're doing this thing and you have employers who rely on you and you have a wife. And, you know, like what happens when you have a family and you have this thing that you want to make work in the real world. Right. We see it with like a young Apple, a young Microsoft, a young Elon Musk with SIP2 and PayPal. I mean, there's really no, you don't really have the luxury of like, we're not going to do that. You can't leave money on the table. No, you can't. And again, if you don't take it, somebody Somebody else else will. will. Someone else will. And like to kind of tie back to the theme from earlier, it's the difference between saying, yeah, you know, we're going to raise 20,000 for our next project versus I want to be the biggest goddamn company in the world. Like yeah. I'm raising, I want to raise yeah. a couple million to get started. Yeah. Like it's well, the same thing. And, yeah. Pitching this podcast. I'm not like, it's going to be a fun little niche show. Maybe you do a couple episodes a week. I'm like, I'm going to fucking, I love Joe Rogan. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. Exactly. The dust. You have to, exactly. you got to go BDE. You got, because again, like and part of, part of what this entire process is forcing me to do is learn how to, um, ah, this is a title of a book, but to win friends and influence people, influence yeah. others. Like, yeah. I, and, and I've learned that, you know, you to an extent have to, if you're going to make anything that is successful, you, you ultimately achieve success by having something that somebody wants. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, you have to appeal to some primal urge, not primal urge, some desire that they have, be it surface, be it deep, be it, you know, deep in the recesses of their mind or whatever. And so people, it, it's the same reason why we like, why peop- so many people like looking at the Kardashians. Yeah. People don't want regular things. Like people, like we all live regular lives. Like there's nothing special about that. You want to hear somebody say, I want to, you want to hear somebody say, my goal is to make a billion fucking dollars. Like, that's what you want to hear. Yeah, right. You yeah. may say you don't want to hear that, 
you may say that you value the the smaller long term thing. Yeah, but that's that's not true. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to clean. I want a Tom Brady going to his tenth fucking Super Bowl. Right. Like, you don't want. Yeah. It's and we can say we don't, right? But like. You want a Kanye West, like you want a Donald, Tr- like like it or not, like you want the billionaire on his third supermodel yeah. wife who got control of the nuclear codes. Like you can hate it all you want, but it's like a Pablo Escobar, brutal, vicious murderer. But man, is there not something that you're drawn to, like a like a fucking mob exactly. white, where you're just like, it, but he it's did human it. nature. Yeah. Aaron, I got to pee. Can you uh, can you monologue? <laughs> Yes, actually, I got to pee, too. Like, oh, You can go. It doesn't matter. We'll be back in 30 seconds, everybody. All right. I am back, I am back, I am back. Everybody, go check out Aaron's website, Cogito Brain, C-O-G-I-T-O, B-R-A-N-S. Oh, he's back. The man, the man, the man with the plan is back. Aaron, are you good for like another, like, uh, can you do like 25 minutes? Fuck yeah, let's go, man. Fuck yeah, bro. Um... Yeah. But uh, so so sorry. What, what were we saying? Um, we're basically saying that you know you don't. Basically, there is. It's all about you. Even though we know the whole go big or go home mentality mm-hmm. doesn't always work. In fact, it rarely works out. It's what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Like it's what we secretly desire. As a matter of fact, so as I was going out, um, my wife is watching the Michael Jordan documentary. Okay, and. You, when you look at people who are great in sports, like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Kobe Bryant, they all have this similar kind of killer mentality Madness. that we know is, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane, but we're drawn to it because it is so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's madness. Yeah. You have to watch the madness and we can all sit there and go, I wouldn't like that life. That's all you do is throw a ball. But man, when you see Tom Brady walking out there, you're just like, fuck. Right? You secretly want to be him. You'd and see, so, yeah. You, Elon, you look at Elon, he works uh, 100 hours a week, minimum. He's coked out like nobody's business. Like, yeah. we, we all know it. And you look at he he does all this crazy stuff. He gets in trouble with the SEC like every other week. <laughs> tweeting, look, so tweeting it, fucking memes and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, 
but you look at him and as terrible as you know that life is there's a part of you that's like it's tony Damn. stark right it's tony stark yeah. getting in it's tony stark at the senate hearings right it's tony stark waking up you know like trying to hit on the reporter it's like you hate it but at the same time it's like that motherfucker right right and so kind of my and gosh if i if slash when i do make it big and this comes up again this will be interesting but my resolve is to play the game yeah. As a as as a, as the owner of a fledgling company, you got to do it. You have to play the game. And now, part because again, like you, earlier, I really wanted to do more outreach centered stuff, and like I still have that desire, but I realize that's not saying that is not going to allow me to do it. So I have to kind of pay the bills. You got to sell your soul a little bit, yeah. like yeah. But um, even now, like you know, people people look at Bill Gates and they see like. The, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and oh, he's curing whatever over. They forget he was, he was fucking ruthless. Ruthless. I mean, okay. historically, I mean, like Carnegie, yes. like Carnegie Rockefeller level. Like, you know, you know, yeah. You, yeah, you see Bill this Gates nice, was a murderer. Yeah. yeah, you see this, you see this old kind of dweeby, nerdy man, and you forget, like, this dude was a from a business standpoint he was a fucking killer like yeah right that's who he was right it's like uh yeah it's like um you know i'm sure in like 20 years our kids will see bezos i'm sure there will be the bezos foundation i'll be like what do you mean it's he but he does desalinated ocean water for third world countries like he's and it's like Dude, you don't know about Amazon. Like you didn't, you know, oh, yeah. you didn't know Amazon about Amazon. Ruthless. You know, yeah. when every company was dying during a global pandemic, Amazon took its dick out and went another inch deeper. Like you know, <laughs> it's. But at the same time, it's like there's also a certain there's also a certain I wouldn't maybe not certain maybe a total importance on like you have to soberly examine how reality works. Like right, we can yes we can. You don't have to like the fact that, like, let me think of it. I mean, I didn't make enough money, so my wife left me. Women just want money. Like, that's not true. But at the same time, like, you know, we are, like, predisposed for, like, men to be providers. And I know that's, like, a gender role now or something, and it's evil. But, like, there's a certain reality to things. We'd all like to say, like, oh, true love exists. There's a certain point to where it's like, can you provide for the offspring? Like, that's a reality. Like, yes. we shouldn't go do war. The reality is, is during war, a lot of civilians get killed and it's horrible. It's you don't get to be a Bill Gates prancing around the third world, you know, with vaccines and condoms and anti-malaria pills. You don't. The reality is like, like it or not. The reality yeah, is, is yeah. that's how you, he gets to power. Like it or yeah. not, Hitler got to power, and the reality is, is if you heard him talk too, you'd probably be swept up in it. That's just the given, unfortunate truth. So, yes, given yeah, because we always do, we always talk about World War Two, which I love. Yeah. Um, but given like, given where Germany was at the time, like how shitty it yes. was, you just got wrecked in World War One, like. You, there's no money, no jobs, no nothing. And all of a sudden, there's this dude who's coming in and like literally breathing life back into the country. Like, there's, he, he didn't hold all those people by gunpoint and say, do this. Eventually. Like, build these, eventually. But, yeah. <laughs> but, eventually. But yeah, no, you're right. It's, I mean, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, it's, you know, 
I, I like I'm I'm historically conservative, but I voted for Obama when I was 18. Why? Because we come out of seven years of a seeming endless quagmire in the Middle East with a housing crisis and the 2000 financial aid drop and all the bailouts. And someone comes in and says, like, let's fucking, let, you know, let's have some hope and change and fix shit up and maybe get rid of the torture site in Guantanamo. You're seduced. And I think rightfully yeah. so. And I'm not trying to compare Obama to Hitler. Not at all. I, I happen to think Obama was an OK guy. Same with Donald Trump. I get it. I'm a Nazi. But the point is, is like, <laughs> you know, it's like in 30 years, if people are like, how did you, you know, what where were you when all the the brain implants went out? Like, how come you didn't fight it tooth and nail? And it's like, dude. It, if you grew up at that time, Elon was like meme master <laughs> Elon smoking pot on Joe Rogan. Like it's yeah, you know I had to explain that to um, I had to explain something similar to my wife when um, I, I reminded her like you know back gosh ten years ago Donald Trump was relatively well liked yeah like, yeah <laughs> he was, uh, he was this guy y- like, young he, jock and it's going down uh, was. Like riding down the street and my six four bump boys in the hood say I'm Donald Trump. Like it's right, yeah, yeah. Because you're a billionaire with your name on a gold tower in downtown Manhattan and you're dating a supermodel. Yeah, yeah. No, and he was, uh, he, you know, he would pop up even before he got elected. He popped up on SNL and it was uh-huh. like relatively the, the roast of Donald Trump. I remember watching that yeah. in the frat house in college. Yeah, and it's like you. So you it's very easy to look back on it after everything that happened and say, well, how did you not know? It's the same like with Hitler in the crown. They were talking about, well, uh, it was the queen's uncle who abdicated the throne and he was actually buddy, buddy with Hitler. And he was, you know, people were giving him hell for that. And he was like, you guys have to remember at the time, Hitler was our friend. Like we we didn't know he was who he was. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And I, you know, perhaps we aren't making the best argument for why we want to pursue a successful podcast or a successful tech startup is like, look, sometimes you got to be Hitler. That's not what we're saying. But it's no, it's the reality of it. There's a reality there is, is it's, it's a yeah. ruthless game, right? It's like it's all fair and love and war. It's like, I like that girl, but she has a boyfriend. It's like, look, I'm not telling you to be a homewrecker, but if you see a girl and she's the one, go fucking outshine the other guy. I'm not saying put him down, but it's like, you know. It's like, you know, it's easier to build a taller building than it is to knock down taller buildings. It's like, just be the right. big, yeah, you know, it's. It, but then, like, to anybody that's listening, it, like, yeah, we're, we're joking around. We're, like, throwing out all these names and you're like, oh, my God, they're talking evil stuff. But no, like, there are nuggets in the, like, there's, the point of this conversation is if you're setting out to do any big venture, there are realities to it. Yes. Like, you don't get. It takes work to climb, so you will have to sacrifice things. There are even in even in my organization that I started, like there's a lot of shit that I don't want to do, but like I have to if I want to build this up. Yeah, yeah. There, there are in cases, in some cases, not all. There are people that I really don't want to talk to. Like I'm like, oh, you're fucking terrible. Like I hate talking to you, but mm-hmm. you can help me get to where I want to be. So yeah, I'm talking I mean- to you. Those are the truths, though. I mean, getting into med school. I got into Miami. I remember they said 15,000 people applied that year and 100 got in. I was one of the ones that got in. I applied to 28 schools. I got interviewed at three. I got accepted to one. And I'm someone that graduated magna cum laude, 95.6 percentile on the MCAT, published aquatic toxicology research, shadowed, volunteered, 
did all of that. So when I made my own study guides over the course of like thousands of hours, yeah, eventually I put them up on Reddit and I still have people to this day, seven years late, eight years later, thanking me for them, saying that it helped them get into med school. One of my friends. Oh, fuck. I might have read it, actually. Probably did. It was like 2013. Yeah, it was. Those are the ones I put up. And my friend Sun Yup from Korea eventually got got in on his like third cycle. And he told me, he's like, dude, like your your study guys are what got me in. I've had a ton of people tell me since then, especially in the years right after 2013, 14, 15, like, dude, your 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 study guides got me in. I'm like, awesome, that's great. There's nothing wrong with more doctors in society. All that being said, I did not put those up. I did not upload those until I got accepted. Because the reality is, is when you're dealing with fifteen thousand applicants, all of whom are already the better students at, at their colleges, they're not retards, and a hundred get in, dude. It, the reality, the the sad reality is, is you need every advantage you can get. Yeah. So I withheld those until I put them up afterwards. Very happy it helped a lot of people get in. You're fucking retarded if you think I'm going to give you my weapons while I'm still on the battlefield with you. I wait till I yeah, got you- off. Yeah, and, and you gotta wait. Like, similar to me, even now, um, when I'm talking about, because for the audience, I, I I work with NASA over the summers. I I do all that, and like, there is a process. I have learned this process over the years. I've refined it, and I'm happy to tell you about it. But I'm only happy to tell you about it because I've already cleared it's the finished. hump. Yeah, you're, you're it's over. finished. Like, I. I know I'm good no matter what, so now I can help you be good. Yeah. And there's nothing we as a society, we like to say we would paint that as evil, but there's nothing wrong with that. You can't help somebody until you you're you are good to yourself first. Yes. So you gotta it's this weird thing where altruism is looking out for everybody else, but you can't do that without looking out for yourself. It, yeah. it's this weird No, it's it's absolutely true because if if it's like let's just use the example of like me helping people to get into med school and i know for a fact that like over like not like over 50 people got in eventually and thanked me for my study guys okay so let's say there's 50 more doctors in the world cool great got it the reality is is if i didn't get into med school and i didn't and i was like fuck this i'm not putting these up for anyone yeah you can argue you should have put them up earlier maybe there'd be 51 doctors Sure, maybe. I get that mm-hmm. argument. But if I didn't get in, I wouldn't put them up at all. And then there'd be zero more, more additional doctors. So it's, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole put your oxygen mask on before you help, right? In a plane, what do they tell you? Put your mask on before you aid right. others. Doesn't matter if it's your mom or your toddler. Put it on because once yours is off, now you're another liability that needs to be saved. If you put yours on, and you're one person with it on, you can put it on one other person and they wake up and now there's two of you and you can each wake up an additional, now there's four. And it, so it's an exponential increase. It's, it granted, this you know can turn into a slippery slope and someone could easily then use that to justify being an asshole. But the reality is, is you can't be, you can't be Bill Gates. You can't go do all that shit unless you play the game. And it's, that's the the cold reality of life. That's not an opinion that Aaron or I hold. That's a no, it's fact. It's a. It's it not. It's, we're not arguing for a, you. Got to be ruthless. That's a fact. You have to incorporate gravity when you're when you're a window washer on a skyscraper. 
because if yes. you fall, you're done, right? There's certain things that's you just have to incorporate. So, yeah. And so um, one thing, and for me, it was, it was hard because I'm naturally optimistic and idealistic. And I see, and I'm just getting to this point in my early 30s where, because like in my 20s, I would see all this and be like, this is bullshit, I'm going to fight the bullshit. And then now I'm like, you can't fight the bullshit. Like you choose your battle choose your battle go along with it like don't give up on those don't give up on those internal values like don't give up on that internal idealism or optimism but just understand like you're you got to play the game a bit it's um so speaking speaking of obama i'm I'm reading his memoir that just came out it's Mm -hmm. a really awesome book yeah and he's talking about he's talking about i'm gonna he's talking about running for the presidency and when he was on the campaign trail and he he is naturally like long-winded and so people would ask him questions and he him being him he would try to give like these long thorough answers and one of the guys on his team pulled him aside and said no don't do that like you have to not you have to not answer the question you have to answer the question by not answering the question and i had this line circled in the book because this is like the this is like the defining point of my early 30s where he says that's bullshit and the response is yes it is that is fucking life yeah yeah that's bullshit i know it's bullshit but you want to be the president you want to for all the good that he did in in his presidency like all the ways that he changed the world he had to play the game sure yeah he had to he had to give vague answers or he had to give answers that he thought were insufficient or he had to tell people what they wanted to hear. And as I'm, I'm sure he still does, but that put him in the position to be the president. And yeah. so, and like, can you eventually offset that with good? I would say he did fan or not, right? He, he did, he did put 40 more million people on health care. One thing I always point out to my conservative friends is before Barack Obama, if you lost a child, daughter or son overseas and their body comes back, they all come through Dover Air Force Base, which is like an hour from here. Mm-hmm. They all come back there. That's where you see the C-17s and the flag-draped coffins coming back. Before the Obama administration, when families would go to receive their slain child, they had to pay for airfare to get there and to stay at a hotel. After the during the Obama administration, they made it to where they just the government picked up your Delta flight and you, they paid for your like Holiday Inn because you're coming to get your dead child. Right. That's something where it's like, why wasn't that a thing in World War One? Right. So that's. But the point is, is like, so can you do you play the game? Because in the long run, you can do something better. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Sorry for interrupting you again. God damn it. No, 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 no worries. It's like, um, to go back to the metaphor, you kind of have to be that cocky, aggressive alpha male to get the girl. Yeah. But then that doesn't mean you treat her bad. You can still treat her like a queen. Mm-hmm. You just got to to get there. You got to be a little bit of a dick to get there. Like, you know who is a, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, is my camera getting fuzzy? It does that. No, 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 okay. you're good. Yeah. Um, fuck. I was. I. I was. I had an analogy I was going to use, and it was really good. I don't remember what it was. Fuck. Hold on. Uh, fuck. Damn it. It was awesome. Whatever. Um. Oh, it's going to kill me now. It'll come back in like five minutes. It will. Damn it. 
fuck. Damn it, Aaron. Why would you do this to my brain? Um, but um, I was gonna say Ice Cube in that in that book, Original Gangsters. Did you know, Ice Cube is like a total romantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, like Dre and Easy E would always talk about just like how many girls they fucked, and they'd be like, "Man, but like Cube, Cube was always just looking for the right girl." Like, you know, like, you know, proposed to her by, like, brought her to some house. And she was like, oh, this is nice. He's like, I just bought it for us. And she was like, oh, my God. And then, like, she's like, whose car is that? And she, he was like, it's yours. And it was like a new Mercedes. So she went and got it and, and, like, sat in the seat. And she's like, ah, what the fuck did I sit on? And it was like a diamond ring. And, like, <laughs> it was just, like, apparently Ice Cube was just, like, a total, all, like, all the other guys would, like, date women. And, like, their girlfriends would be like, you know, Cube would never do this to his girl. I just thought that was funny. It's just, you think Ice Cube, motherfucker with an attitude, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's Ice Cube's apparently just like a total Romeo. Well, this is the dude that makes family movies now. Like, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But, God, it's killing me. What was, There's an analogy I was going to use. What were we talking about before then? O- Obama, memoir, what was before that? Playing the game? You gotta, um, I don't know why it's killing me. And it's probably not even that important, but now it's eating me, and I have to fucking think of it. God damn it. <laughs> It's like you said, you know who, and then you, the thought stopped. <sighs> Dementia. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's wrap this up in like in like five minutes. But I cut you off, so sorry. What were you, so back before that whole side rant, play the game a little bit to to get what you, you want. Gotta, well, yes, and then from there, like you can still be good. You can still do good. You can still try to live up to that optimism and those ideas that you have. Just there's re- there's a reality and you have to deal with it yeah. um same with engineering like okay i want to design a rocketing like jfk said i want to go to the moon it got done a lot of people had to work you know a lot of people not like, well yeah too many people died there was the reality of it but eventually we got there mm-hmm. so but a lot of times I feel like when you're starting on these journeys, whether it be a company or a podcast, you're seeing like this ideal, like, yeah, I'm going to build this tech and everybody's going to love it. And I'm going to change society. And no, I'm not going to become this big evil corporation like Google. Oh shit. I need seed money. How do I get seed money? Well, I could do this thing that Google does and do it possibly better. Yeah. But that would make me like them. But yeah, I need this money. So fuck. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're the new Google and everyone thinks you're evil and you realize you're like, maybe Google wasn't evil. And then there's a yeah. new company that's up and coming and they're like, I'm not going to be Cogito, those evil fucks. And you're like, fuck. I remember, I remember the, the analogy. So the author I had on, Norman Oler, who wrote the book Blitzed about Hitler and meth and shit, he wrote another book called The Bohemians, Bohemians. And it was about, it was about a couple in World War II Germany that ended up like heading the resistance and they were eventually executed by the the Gestapo but like what happened was is he was setting up this guy Haho shoots a poison he was setting up this young dude younger than us and he was like setting up a resistance and it was all idyllic and it was like we're gonna fight the Nazis no matter what he like began the resistance like the morning of the Blitzkrieg like coincidentally which is just like you know poetic but like very quickly like he and his boys were rounded up and like brought to an interrogation camp and they were forced to like run around a track uh at what like what would later become a concentration camp and he was like they're just trying to like break us and then eventually like one of them died of a heart attack like another was shot in the head 
and then like he was beaten he was uh branded with the with a swastika on his thigh like had his um he was beaten to the point where like for the rest of his life he had problems with like uh with like his digestive like organs because there was so much internal bleeding and bruising and shit like as a young guy like in his early 20s and he came out of that and his girlfriend said that uh who was also killed with him later um wrote about how like he changed after that he wasn't the whole like we're going to fight tooth and nail said there was just like a certain like there was like an infinity in his eyes there was like a certain cold callousness so what did haho shoots a boysen do did he just go up to the next Nazi in Berlin and shoot him in the head? Okay, you'd knock off one, but then you'd be killed and all your family would be killed. No, Hotho was a total boss. He went to the SS, said, you have changed my ways. I've seen the light, joined the Luftwaffe, rose through the ranks, and then from within the, from within the Luftwaffe uh, headquarters, managed a whole resistance of like hundreds of people doing hit and runs, providing radios, providing resistance movements, providing movements to the allied armies. Eventually they were caught and they were all executed. But that motherfucker, he knew the end goal was, he knew the end result was going to be the same. It's, I'm going to kill every single Nazi or they're going to kill me. There is no middle ground. We cannot live on this earth together. And he realized it was probably going to be, I'm going to die in the process. So if I'm already going to die in the process, instead of taking out one, why not, you know, help hundreds of Jews escape, have hundreds of little resistance pockets, and then all the way up to where they were feeding information like directly to like Eisenhower and Patton, like having real world effects on the overthrow of a tyrannical government. Like they actually, granted, it's just, you know, there's a million moving pieces, but they had an actual effect on the world to where you and I aren't speaking German today. So like that's a motherfucker. Haho shoots a poison. Shout out Haho was executed in I think 44. But he was like, okay, idyllic, got the idealism literally beat out of him. Watched one friend die from a heart attack and another shot in the head. And was like, go big or go home. Like went back there, like cut his hair and was like, I would like to serve the Fuhrer. And, you know, they're all like, oh, my God, you saw the light. He's like, I want to get rid of like the dirty Jews and the blacks and the gypsies. And they're like, ah, beautiful. And he like hated himself for it. And the thing is, is he he took on the role so wholeheartedly. No one in his family even knew that he was like going undercover. So they all hated him. And it was kind of the whole play the game because he knew in the end yeah, he'd get credit posthumously. He didn't care about the credit. He knew what he was doing. He's like, I'm going to rise through the fucking ranks. And, like, he used to interrogate, like, Jews and shit. And he'd go up to him and, like, give him a cigarette, like, you know, and the Gestapo would be watching through the one-way mirrors. And he'd, like, flip open the cigarette box to tell him to take one. And, like, written in the, the top of the box so only they could see it was, like, like, it was, like, written in, like, German, like, friendly. And he'd, like, wink at him. And he would get him to not give up any information. Motherfucker went balls to the walls and actually had an effect on the destruction of Nazi Germany. As opposed to just, sure, you could go up and shoot one or two Nazis or maybe drive your truck into like a, you know, an office. Like you could take out a couple or you could go all. So, man, apparently I don't know how to make analogies about you and I without going back to Hitler. But the point is, is like maybe I redeemed this. Maybe I redeemed this. I used an analogy killing Nazis instead of being Nazis. But the thing is, is like. Maybe you need to get that idealism kind of beaten out of your mind, right? It's I was like, I'm not going to get the podcast funded. I'm going to save my money and open my own studio. And then, you know, 
working at a liquor store for the hundredth straight day. It's like maybe there's some cold reality. This, this this is bullshit. That's this what is, it was. This sucks, and I just want you know. Yeah. So maybe you, you got to become ha ho shoots a poison. You got to play the game. And I guess the real importance is, is like, but don't get lost, right? Yes, and that's like personally, that's where I am now in this journey. Is that I'm like, okay, I recognize that I have to play the game, yes. but what? What am I putting in place to make sure that I don't get lost? Fail safe. Or, yeah. yeah where, where's my fail safe? Fail safe. Words. Yeah. But maybe um, like uh, maybe Sergey Brin and Larry Page, the founders of Google. I mean, they could have very well been having this conversation in 2000 and going, "Look, if we want to be a Microsoft, right? Then we're maybe because yeah. we, you got to remember this is years after Bill Gates was a billionaire. So they might have been like, yeah. "Yo, like we might have to play this game." And I know we got this thing that says "Don't be evil," and our logo is like you know all the colors of the rainbow. But yo, like we're you know we're on the edge of a new technology, internet to everybody. You know, maybe we got to slit a few throats along the way, and maybe in the long run we can do good. I would argue that they got lost solely because they they sell a lot of technology to the CCP, and it helps with their global firewalling, basically heaping 1.3 billion people in a sort of digital jail. I, I don't think that's really forgivable. The the CCP has two million Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps, but that's a whole other argument from our time. The point is, is Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were evil from the get-go. Maybe they were, like, rubbing their mustaches and they are like, let's make money. But You, you know, I think, and um, so interestingly enough, back in high school, um, I went to Catholic school and we talked about, we did a lot of, like, philosophy and religion. And ye, we are taught to think of good and evil as binary, but that's that's not reality. That's not the truth. And so... Even people like so the founders of Google, like I guarantee you, they they had no idea that this was coming. They just were really they were they were two nerds out of California. Poor as fuck. Sergey Brin's parents yeah. came here directly from like Soviet Ukraine. Right. They they they're these two nerdy dudes that really like computers, and they you know they came up with the search algorithm, and the rest is history. But. It, so I would argue that, you know, you're I don't look at them as good or evil as much as I, I, I look at what they've done. And I try to I try to not make their mistakes. But I understand that to achieve that level of success, you're going to have to sell parts of you. Like Yes. And it, the, the importance is like don't sell all of it sell enough that you can get a massive return on your investment. Literally, ha-ho shoots a poison. I'm going to sell my soul. My family's going to hate me. I'm going to proudly wear my swastika brands, and I'm going to put on my Luftwaffe uniform, and everyone's going to hate me. But I know in the long run I'm going to save a lot more lives. You know, and it's maybe, again, maybe Sergey Brin and Larry Page, maybe they're having this conversation, and down the road who knows maybe the money and power got to them and they're like fuck it and and it does and and that's another thing too it's like um a lot of people say this people who like come into money or power they everybody is all like no i'm gonna be a decent person about it like i'm not going to be evil but it's it's kind of human nature you give people power there with power comes corruption like they're 
that's the reality. And it's, is there any way to beat it? I don't, it's in my opinion, I don't know if you can beat it. I'm more focused on managing it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I guess there are examples though, right? There was that guy, like almost no one knows his name, but there was a geneticist in like the sixties or seventies who basically like unlocked the genetic, he was like, he was like a one man Monsanto and he found a way to increase like crop yields, like like grain yields, like sixfold or something. And like, no, I don't even know his name. That's how like, but he, he intentionally didn't patent it and just put it out for free. And like, it's been argued that like to date, he has probably saved upwards of a billion lives from starvation across the globe on different continents. Cause it was just such a simple thing. It was just grain yield. We don't know his name. Maybe that's an example of someone who did manage it. Well, so, and it's interesting because I, I've seen that in, in, in the tech world. I've seen examples of that. Like there was a kid, I think his name was like Easton La Chapelle or something who made like a, he made like a robotic hand and it was back maybe 10 years ago where that technology wasn't as common. He was one of the first people to really, it was like you put on the glove on one hand and the other hand would match it. And he just open sourced it. Like people offered him millions of dollars. He open sourced it. Same. Um, I was reading online. There was this kid who wrote a website for like an extremely accurate coronavirus map. He got offered millions of dollars to do it or to sell it. And he's like, no, I'm just going to open source it. Call it a day. So there is that, but I think in both their cases, they de- they, necess- they didn't necessarily have to, they weren't on a climb. Like, I, I don't know the story of that geneticist, but when you build a company or you're building an, you're building an empire, an organization, you're climbing, you yeah. have to. Yeah, he wasn't setting up a, a grain corporation. Right. Okay. He, he, yeah. And so that's my only challenge to that. Yeah. In a lot of cases when people are open sourcing things, they're, they're just doing it just because they're not trying to intentionally set okay. that up something. Okay. And, and maybe, you know, honestly, if I can be a hundred percent real, like there's a part of me that like says once, you know, past a certain point, if either this isn't going anywhere or it has gained a lot for me, I, I'd be happy to open source it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've already gotten what I want or need. And, yeah. Uh, besides, my dream has always been to just, like, in my ideal world, like, I would build up this company and at some point sell it and then just ride off into the sunset and go make robots at NASA. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just, that's, yeah, that's the goal is to just, just get the fuck out, right? Yeah. But you gotta, but at this point, I don't know if that's possible. Like, for the level of success, like if the company rises too high, I don't know if that's possible. I'm sure Bill Gates and Elon and Jeff Bezos all have the same thoughts. Like I'm sure Bill Gates just wants to go right. Or or do you get to that point and they're like, fuck this. I'm playing like geopolitical chess. They're just wake up every day and they're like, my life is awesome. (laughs) Maybe they look at us and they're like those fucking idiots. Who knows? Who knows? Aaron, let's wrap this bitch up. Um, all right. Um, where can they find you? Cogito Brains? Cogito Brains. Cogito.com. Uh, yes. Uh, also on Instagram and Twitter uh, as Cogito, at Cogito Brains. 
Um, and then my personal connect, my personal like accounts, Space Cadet Shep. I'll send you the info. Yeah, can you send me the links to all those? Yeah, and I'll just put them in the description, sticky in the top comment, all that good shit. Yes, and if you want me to come talk to your students or kids about robots, I do that for a price. So oh, I thought you were asking me. I was like, I don't have students or kids. Oh, you mean? In- no, I'm just saying. Yeah, just anybody listening? Yeah. Yeah fuck, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Um, well, yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. As always, it's a fucking yeah. pleasure. I love you, Aaron. I love having you on. I love um, you too, bro. This uh, is like, thanks, baby. Yeah, man. This is like this is that guy humor that I'm sorely missing in my life right now. Because you know, with, with with my wife, I can't be as crass. Like, yeah, she's like, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. There's that. There's a certain thing. You just you know look at your friend and you're like, you're looking beautiful today, and they're like, oh, stop it, you bitch. Yeah. Like you know, it's. Yeah. yeah, I was just having a friend that I can be like, fuck you, dude. Fuck like, you, you piece of shit, you unhygienic exactly. You can't say that, yeah, yes. you know, even if you're saying it jokingly, that's not a good tactic to take with the, you, you, yeah, you, you unhygienic harlot, like, you say oh, that to no. me and I laugh. You say that to your yeah. wife, man, and you're going to be like, Tommy, can I sleep on your couch? <laughs> and I'm going to be like, no, unhygienic harlot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, but All right, hey, this is fun, like, these are, these are fun. I love these podcasts. Yeah, They're so much fucking fun. Fuck yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Aaron Shepard, Cogito Brains. And, um, you know, maybe one day they'll be looking back as you're some trillionaire warlord <laughs> who took over your own planet. And they're like, you'll be, there will be a documentary on you. And it'll be like, he started off so pure. He thought he was going to be good. He truly believed he would. No one could yeah. see this coming. And it pans to a hellscape of hundred foot tall cogito brain robots scrawling a nuclear landscape, like looking for human meat. And it's just like they all start out the same, but it's like Lord of the Rings. It's like Isildur, destroy the ring. And he's like, No. Oh, no, yes. Maybe Temptation of bitch. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Let's wrap this bitch up. I got another one, all right? All right, man, yeah, do you think, man? All right, man. Text hey, text me those links, okay? Okay, yeah. All right, sure. dude. Take it easy. Right. Peace. Yeah. Didn't leave. <laughs>